Hi, I'm Tina Spangler at TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. This is Q&A number 134. It's March 7th, 2023. I um, wanted to uh, say a quick thank you to everybody again for your support. I had my hip surgery uh, two weeks ago and I'm already walking around with one crutch out to the barn and trying to walk daily, doing my physical therapy and all of that stuff. And that's a story I want to share with you today. Oftentimes in horse training, we want instant gratification. In barrel racing, we want instant gratification because we're so used to it. It's just like all the modern conveniences. We need water, turn on the faucet. Need the electricity, turn on a switch. Um, You know, you want to go through a fast food for something quick to eat, there it is. If you want your computer to go uh, hi-fi, you know, high-speed internet, boom. It's really quick compared to the old days when it was that wah, 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 you know, noise constantly. Um, Everything happens fast now. So we're kind of that community. We don't have a lot of patience. We want instant everything. But I can tell you that that doesn't work. Uh, (laughs) Not in training horses, not in competition, not in um, getting outside of your comfort zone, chasing new dreams and goals. And a good comparison or story of that would be just like my hip. When my truck needed new shocks, I took it to the shop. They put in new new shocks the same day I went out. It drove 100% better. I get a new hip and it's physical therapy for uh, a month, five weeks. And then I'm not solid 100% for six weeks. So it's just not the same. So I have to, I have to work at it. I have to... to rest just right, exercise just right, I can't overdo, there's lots of rules about bending and twisting and lifting and crossing and all of that, Um, but yet there's certain things you must do to keep it healing and being mobile correctly, so again, it's not the same, trucks on the shock, or shocks on the truck versus shocks on the person, two different things, and it's the same with training horses, Um, and that's our topic for today, meeting a horse where they are. Um, remember our March challenges for my Facebook virtual coaching group. Um, your skill is going to be to mirror your horse and have your horse mirror you. So visualize what you want you and your horse to look like loping a circle, uh, how you want to look running a pattern and, and the way that you're, you should be looking in your videos and photos is how you should, um, you know, that's how we get to that point where we mirror our horses and, and ride our, our horses mirror us. So vice versa. And and you do that by a lot of little things. So in the group this month, I'll be sharing videos and pictures uh, pointing out eyes, where you're looking, where your horse is looking, a body position of the horse and the rider, hands, how that affects the horse, legs, how that affects the horse. All of those things are going to be pointed out for more detail, more meat and potatoes this month um, in the group. So look forward to that. I'll be posting a couple things every week this month of March. And then um, that is for our skill. For our mindset, I want you to push yourself a little bit this month and have one personal best per week. Not per month, but one personal best per week. It can be small. It can be something you improved in your rider cues, something in your horse's foundation, something fundamentals in your dry work or your drills. It could be something you did better on the barrel pattern itself. But I want you to acknowledge a goal that you want to do. And I want you to reach that goal. And it can be a small personal best. 
But each one of those small wins leads to that big win you guys are looking for with chasing your goals and your dreams. So I would like you to do that. I'd also like to say congratulations to Kylie Kinley in Texas. You were our personal best winner. Even though we had several people have personal bests, you were the winner of the prize. So Sandy and Kylie, let me know what you want for your prize for February personal best. Um, I also want to point out to everybody that um, when I started the group in August of 2020, I really wasn't sure how it was going to go. I took uh, a feature that I did for my members and non-members for years, which was video reviews, and I gave it a really special price. I used to do video reviews for $10 for members, which were people who'd come to a lesson clinic or had a horse in training, and $20 for non-members. That means people probably out of state that never came to a, a lesson or a clinic or tra- had me train a horse for them, and they were $20 a video. But for the group, I decided to make it a special price, $10 a month, one video a week, and that also included the, the weekly podcast, the challenges, the training videos, the membership um, members only page for the first year. But I couldn't sustain at that price. So um, I wanted to only have that as an introductory price. But as a loyalty rewards program, I decided anybody who stayed with me from the first year, you would always keep that price as long as we only do one video a week for you or for maximum a month. And all new members from August of 2021 um, to current to August of 2023 are going to stay at $15 a month to an, or $150 a year. That saves you $30, just like the $10 a month or $100 a year saves you $20. So, but the benefit of going up in price, I, I went ahead and said I'll go ahead and do two a week or eight a month max and that benefits the riders who ride multiple horses or maybe it's a family a a mother daughter situation Um, i would do it that way for them Um, but again if you want extra videos over that it's five dollars each per video i am going my goal was at three years which would be august of 2023 my goal was 150 members steady or um the three-year mark and to go to $20 a month or $200 a year. And the reason why, um, and I'm still going to keep the old people at their prices as a loyalty rewards program again. And I will never go up on that price for the $20 and $200. Um, The reason why is because I know what's out there. I know what programs are out there and I know what advice they offer. And I know how much they charge and what you get. Um, And nobody does the critiques like I do for that price. So I know the value of what I'm offering. Um, So anyhow, I just wanted that to be pointed out. But as a loyalty rewards program, if you stay in the group continuously, you'll always have the price that you have. Only if you leave and come back several months later would your price go up to the current price. Otherwise, you always stay at your price. Unless, of course, you need more videos as well. So... Um, the first year people are the only people that will have that one and one or four videos. Everybody else will stay at two and eight. And even when I go up to $20 a month and 200 a year, um, that will still be, uh, the two and the eight, because that's plenty of homework to give people and things to work on. But of course, if you have extra horses or whatever, you can still buy extra videos at $5 
a video. So I just wanted to point that out for some housekeeping. And the reason why I'm gonna tell you why, I'm not trying to be greedy or anything, but one video takes me anywhere from a minimum of 15 minutes to a maximum of 30 minutes for just one video per week. So I'm getting average 10 videos a day to do. Um, so that's at least three hours, right? 30 minutes um, minimum right there. So, uh, 10, actually that's five hours. It's, it's a lot. So I spend a lot of time on them. Three hours is the best situation. Six is the worst, I believe. So 30 times 10, that's, yeah, that's six. Um, right? 30. Yeah. That would be the, uh, the uh, my math today is horrible. So <laughs> don't put me on a spot without a calculator. But yeah, absolutely. That's just a lot of time that I'll spend, um, you know, on the videos, I could spend a half a day um, on video reviews. And then I have a half a day that I need to work outside, whether it be lessons or taking care of my ranch or my own horses. So, um, and then of course I have weekend clinics too. So just to balance everything out, um, just so you know, when I watch a video, I'll usually watch it first in regular and then in slow, and then I'll review it. So watching it can take anywhere from two to four minutes. Reviewing it can take another four to seven minutes. And then downloading it can take 10 to 15 minutes depending on how fast the service is that particular moment of the day. Um, so yeah, that's why it takes 15 to 30 minutes per video um, on, you know, on average. So anyhow, I just wanted to give you guys an understanding of my prices and also let you know there's so much value to the group, not just the video reviews, but the challenges, the video, the training tips that I share in the group with video training. And I'll have more coming up now that I've had my hip surgery, I'll be um, cleared to ride again. Uh, actually after, I'm not gonna ride till three months, I wanna be safe, but I'll be cleared to go back to full activity six to eight weeks, but I'm definitely gonna start slow and groundwork and do my clinics and stuff first and then start doing groundwork and then be back in the saddle this summer. So that is my goal, to get totally healed up this spring and ready to roll this summer. So there'll be more going on. Um, so yeah, at six weeks, the doc said I'll be full recovered, but I'm going to give it a full three months just to be safe. I don't want any complications. I only want to do this surgery one time and I want to be 100% when it's over. So I'm trying to do everything to the T and, and pray that God's got the rest. So anyhow, um, I've got at least 10 more videos to do today. I've done quite a few Saturday and Sunday for the group. Let's go ahead and get into the Q&A. Um, first question is how many rides a week do I need to do to feel like my horse and I are advancing? Um, at the very least, you need to do three or four in a row. And the reason why I say this is because if you're riding, you know, two or three times a week, every other day or every two days, it's not going to be consistent. Just think of a child in school. When they go to school on Monday, they're not really paying attention. Teachers, you know, trying to get them back on track. By Tuesday, they're buckling down. By Wednesday, they're learning. By Thursday, they're really on track, maybe ready for a, a test on Friday. And then, then they're just totally ready for two days off on the weekend. So if you think of it, how a kid is, I try to treat, treat horse training like kids, elementary school, junior high, high school, college, etc., And um, by being consistent with them, you know, when you take a horse, a young horse, and they're not all this way, but a lot of them are. If they've had a couple days off, it takes them one or two days to get with the program. And then by the third or fourth day, they totally are getting it and they're advancing. 
So that's why I say try to do at least three or four days in a row and then you can give them a day off. You know, your open horses are a little different and older horses are a little different. They may do better with every other day, 30 minutes, but a young horse learning or a team that's trying to advance, you know, three to four days in a row minimum is great. And then maybe you could give them a day off or go on a trail ride or whatever. But, um, but yeah, that would three in five would even be better. You know, I, when I trained horses, I rode them five days a week. Then I'd have uh, a day I'd go compete and a day with my family. Um, so of course lessons, the clients would come once a week for lessons with them, or I might haul them for training or exhibitions, uh, exposure as well on the day I'd compete or whatever. So it, it varied from horse to horse. So like I've said, it, you know, I give you a general idea, but every schedule can vary a little based on the individual needs. Um, the next question is, um, my curb chain seems to be too much of my bit. Can I ride without one? And that's a two-part question. Yes, if your bit allows. There's some bits that if you did that, it would be a mess. Like you can't do that with like, let's say S hack or a beetle hack because they would just slide right off the horse's nose if they didn't have something on there. But you could go looser and you could not go with a chain, but maybe a leather or string, something that's softer. You don't have to use a chain. You can just use leather. And, and again, you could go three fingers or two fingers versus tight or one finger uh, for, for tightness. So yeah, some bits definitely will allow for it. And some horses are light enough that that's a good idea. Uh, the next question is about arthritis in horses and competition. Uh, my answer to that is make sure they're turned out as much as possible. Don't stall them. Make sure they can just walk around as much as possible and that maybe there's a reason for them to walk around like grass to eat or spread hay around you know just make it interesting for them to want to move about and the second thing is do really slow warm-ups and really good thorough cool downs um, and and also straight work don't do a ton of small circles do giant circles or giant rectangles or squares don't do a lot of um, hard you know turning and twisting kind of work um, things like that. And then fourth, and probably one of the most important is work closely with your vet. Um, they might want you to butte on competition days or give Equinox um, or Prevacox. Um, they may have some suggestions for oral joint supplements or Legends or Cosequin. I mean, uh, Cosequin's oral, but Cosequin's oral. Um, legends or uh, Adequin or uh, yeah, you know, there's several things they can do for you. So definitely um, keep all that stuff in mind. There's also uh, holistic things you can do as well. Turmeric, um, you know, you can do MagnaWave, you can do stretching, Theraplate. There is a lot of stuff that you can do. Um, let's see here. The next question uh, is about Beamer blankets. You know, people have all those things now that are nice magnetic blankets are really good for arthritis anything for circulation and inflammation uh, the next question is about conditioning my horse if they're fit enough for for competing after a break like for a winter break or summer break so my answer to that is um, for every 30 days off you need to give them 30 days to leg them back up so like let's say you know 90 days could probably be your max but but let's say they had six months off not just two or three months off then I would do um, 90 days before I'd start to enter them. Uh, and I would leg them up in the beginning, you know, slow, mostly walking in straight lines, maybe every other day, 20 to 30 minutes, and then you can start adding to it each week. 
and then you know do mostly straight and big circles in the beginning but then you could tighten it up after a month or the second month that kind of thing um the second thing is they're not going to be race fit their very first run so don't go just be disappointed because you know that takes a different lung even if you're long trotting and loafing and you know doing big and small circles and all that to get them conditioned race fit is a little bit different just because it's about timing and position and getting that fire back so you may have to do a few runs like that um you know where you're having a situation um where you might have three or four runs under your belt before you really start feeling them get back on it but some horses you might want to breeze them as well um know your horse some horses get really too hot and crazy if you breeze them but other ones it's good for them it keeps that fun and gets that conditioning back and makes it fun for them so kind of mix up their schedule from long trotting and and a, a drill day or slow barrel day or trail riding day um you know like i said a breezing and you know sneak in a haul off to do some slow work day or patience whatever gate work um slow exhibitions whatever you think you need to get that horse back to full capacity so that would be my suggestions um the next question was about how to improve balance on a horse or your balance improve your balance on your horse okay the first thing i would recommend is riding without stirrups um, I wouldn't go bareback pad till you feel a little more confident, but you can ride without stirrups. You can have someone lend you or just work in a round pin that's safe. And um, that way, if you need to, you have one hand on the the reins um, and then your other hand is loose. You don't, don't want to hold the saddle horn, but it's there if you needed it. Um, and riding without stirrups, you can practice putting your hands over your head, out to your side, and really feel your strength coming from your core. Sit on your pockets more, you know, tuck your butt under, soften your shoulders and ribs. Really find your center, balance your gravity. Um, those would develop good muscles for you too. And then the second thing that I would recommend is Pilates. Pilates or a big ball, all of those things are really good for balance and strengthening your core. So those are two things to get yourself in more shape for that um let's see here the next question is um your mental game um okay so looking okay so mental game feeling growth and um feeling growth and feeling the change so i'm really excited because a lot of you are starting to have that happen for you you are feeling that growth and that change and you really have to kind of manifest it and for some people you need to do it every morning when you wake up when you pray to god or um, maybe when you take a shower and you look in the mirror and say it to yourself in the mirror whatever works best for you but but energy is everything i did a little email uh, in the group, a letter in the group about uh, meeting horses where they are in horse training. And I also did it in, uh, for the visualizing about energy. And energy is life. And you can feel it when you're with your horses. I mean, horses react to people's energy all the time. People react to people's energy. I often pray before a lesson or a clinic, dear God, you know, give me positive energy and, you know, and do this for them and the right reasons and let me be helpful and please God be first in this and, you know, whatever works for you to get your energy level and your positivity level there because you meet people sometimes that are just in a foul mood and it can change the whole energy of the day right quick and you don't even know what happened. Like you were having a great day and then someone shows up and bam, 
they just change the whole karma of the day. So, um, so it is important, you know, it is important that you learn to visualize. I tell you guys this all the time. I don't know how many of you actually do it, but it's kind of like you want to play a movie in your head and, and visualize yourself living the life that you want, you know, living, um, you know, whatever it is, like for me, it's like having a successful coaching and clinic business so that I can take care of me and my ranch and my horses. So, and that brings me, I see myself being happy and peaceful and, and helping people. And, and I visualize that and I want that and I pray for that. And so whatever it is that your purpose is or your goals are, it's important that you say those things and feel those things. Um, and visualize those things. You can literally see photos of yourself making a run in your head. See yourself warming up cool. See yourself waiting in the holding pin confidently. See yourself reaching down, pet your horse, going down that alleyway with a big exhale and riding to your sm- spots and your your got a fast but smooth run going on. You're raiding down and snapping your barrels and driving out hard and you know, see it all the way from first barrel to second barrel to third, all the way home to when you, you know, pump your fist in the air because you just ran a personal best time, a fast time. And, you know, just, it's so important that we learn to see things positively, believe in ourselves and say, I can, I will. Um, All these things really, really matter in manifesting a, um, a life that you want and, um, and being specific about it. So, Um, I think that's really important. Our emotions are so, so important. And we know this because you can watch a movie that gives you chills or makes you laugh or cry or listen to music that will get you choked up or fired up. Um, We know the emotion of hate or fear, insecurity. We also know the emotion of love and joy and happiness. So energy is really key. So see your life the way you want it and show up for it with that already confident so one thing to do here's uh, six things you should do one the most important is waking up with gratitude like literally be so grateful every day that it almost brings you to tears because you feel so blessed number two your intention have intention whatever it is with your business relationships your friendships your rodeo goals um you know whatever your intention is and then number three write it down so it's clear by writing it down, you you are owning it, that you know what you want. And number four, know your why, because there are going to be difficult times. There are going to be hard times. Nothing out, uh, no goal or dream doesn't come without some challenges. So by knowing your why, you know, that's going to help you get through it uh, and keep you focused. Number five, write down the actions that you need to take to get to that point. You know, it's okay to believe in God and say, hey, God, you know, thank you so much. This is what I need. This is what I want. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But you got to do the work. You know, you got to get out there and figure out how to make your horse work better. You got to get out there and figure out how to get yourself to ride better. You know, all of those things. (coughs) You got to haul. You got to go. You got to enter. You can't win if you don't go. Right. So um, all those things are important. And then finally, number six that thought process of being positive. I know I can, I will. I, I, I believe in me. I believe in my horse. All of those things are so important. So the topic for today is a good horse. And I want to say this little quote that I've heard before, a good, um, horse trainer hears a horse speak to them, but a great horse trainer hears them whisper. 
And that is so important. Like I said, horses work off body language, <clears throat> their herd dynamics, they work off energy. So they're very alert. And like I said, they can tell what you're thinking before you even realize what you're thinking. <clears throat> and that's why it's important that we meet them where they are in horse training. So I'm going to discuss my top 10 things quickly that I think is important when it comes to training horses. And the number one is the human calendar versus the horse's calendar and how they're not always the same. So often people push horses to the point of uh, bad hot spots to bad habits to fear hating their job. And that's because they put them on a human calendar. You know, I need to be in this maturity by December of this year and my horse is unbroken, unseasoned and unpatterned but I need to meet this date because I already paid my dues and I want to run for charities. Boom. I just shoved all that down that horse and that horse is like, what? I'm eating grass and don't know anything. So, you know what I mean? It just, you can't do that. You have to be realistic. You have to set realistic goals and meet that horse where they are. Number two, um, your, your goal should be their results, um, of a calm, happy, confident horse that has a solid foundation, that has mental readiness, and um, and if they're ready to go faster, great. But if not, you got to stay slower for them and and do it in that order that they need. So the third thing is hot spots and holes and hating their job. I talked about that a little bit. Um, it is your job to watch out for those things. If you see that they're getting a place of of stress, you need to figure out why. Is it pressure induced? Is it pain? Is it uh, overrunning too often? Is it you know putting them in something they're not prepared for? And and um, that's really important. And number four is setting them up for yes answers, like going to first grade then second grade. If you put a, a kid in high school and they're in second grade, they're not going to be prepared. So you're going to get a lot of I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But if you set them up for yes answers by, like for instance, when you go to school, they don't just teach you a, how to read a sentence, they teach you your ABCs and then how to pronounce things and a word before a sentence, all of that. So there's an order of steps that you take. Number five, the herd dynamics, really knowing equine language. You know, people say they're horse whispers, the natural horsemen out there. But honestly, if you just watch how horses are with each other, the alpha mare who eats first, drinks first, you know, when they're not being good, how they can just, you know, they're not doing the pecking order. They can pin an ear or cock a foot or they send them away really hard with a little bit more aggressive language before they actually bite them or kick them. So, um, you know, there's... There's ways like you could avoid a lot of problems with the philosophy of sending a horse, making a horse do the wrong things difficult and the right thing easy. So if I have a horse that's being difficult to be caught, I'm not going to just walk around and follow them. I'm going to chase them harder away from me until they get tired enough they want to come to me and they are interested in resting and coming to me. So, um, you know, so that would work for loading a horse too, not just catching a horse, but loading a horse. I, I would change direction behind the tra trailer, left, right, forward, backwards. I wouldn't put them, rest them at the trailer until, I wouldn't let them rest until they tried to take a step towards the trailer. Um, same with if a herd bound, I'd work them really hard around the herd and then only rest them away from the herd. Or barn sour, same thing. Work hard around the barn and only rest them away from the barn. Um, 
you know, all of those things really tie into herd dynamics. So think about herd and how a herd works when you're training a horse as well. All of that plays into your, your groundwork, your saddle work, all of that. So number six is um, when you are training for barrels, you know, you want to have a horse that has a good mind and has heart. Um, you want to have a horse that it comes natural for them that you can, um, you know, it's kind of like it's built in them, you know, and you want to try to teach them in a way that creates a horse with desire and want to. And that takes a lot of finesse for a trainer to know how to create desire in a horse uh, where they feel like, hey, this is actually fun doing this and knowing when to quit, you know, doing things and, and uh, quitting on a try, all of that. Number seven, improving your horsemanship. Um, you know, horsepower, a lot of you have really nice horses and have the horsepower to win, but you've got to improve your horsemanship because that's what's going to lead to your winning. The eighth thing is the body parts, knowing how to handle the five body parts of a horse and how to connect to the thinking side of their brain with your five rider cues. The five body parts is the, the face, the neck, the shoulder, the rib cage, and the hip. The five rider cues is your eyes, your voice, your body, your hands, and your legs. Um, and again, it's all about how to communicate with those horses through cues, developing trust and respect, and basing it all on your love for the horse. And then finally, number 10 is having patience, being consistent, uh, teaching through repetition, and also using the kiss kiss theory. Keep it simple, silly. Do not overcomplicate it. Humans complicate. Humans overthink. Humans have their minds full of too much. Horses are just mindful of the moment that they're in. So that's important as well. So, you know, when you're training a horse, I believe in starting on the ground. And then once the ground is solid, and that's everything, you know, cues on the ground, desensitizing, um, trust, respect, all of that stuff, the connection, the join up, it's all on the ground. And then in the saddle, you work on that basics, fundamentals, getting some buttons, getting them fancy broke. And then after that, you maybe start working on some drills and see how they handle maneuvers and all of that from the solid foundation. And then pattern and slow pattern them. Then once you've slow pattern them and you're maybe walk trot loping the pattern, you start hauling for exposure and exhibitions. And then when that's gone well, then you start entering. And that first year, you just take them to low key jackpots for seasoning and such. You know, if you are going to do super shows or rodeo or futurity, then haul them and just exhibition at those events in the beginning and let them get used to that environment because it's much different. Don't expect them to compete in it. Just go there and be around it and do slow work just like they would do at home. And then you would move on to entering those other events and seasoning. And this whole process, those things I just discussed, could take two to three years with a very skilled horse trainer. And if you're learning too, it could take you three or four years. So be patient and realize that it's not instant gratification like I talked about in the beginning of the podcast. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and close with, I would love to see you focus on your purpose and your why. And, um, and just remember that um, it's really important to surround yourself with people who are positive that want to see you succeed. And that have your positive energy and your, you know, same goals and beliefs um, and, and believe in you and support you. 
and um yeah I, I it's like I said before you know I love helping others and I I love my lifestyle um if you think of a child when a child is born they're perfect right but as life goes by life changes us our um maybe childhood disappointments heartbreak experiences that we go through in life the news social media and then our interpretation of life starts to change so that's why it's so important that we keep our mind positive and be grateful and have good intentions and um and be aware of that every day because it can you know wear you down i've seen people you know get out of facebook for a while because they can't handle all the the drama and stuff but you know what I've never felt that in all the years I've dealt with it because I just don't acknowledge it. I just ignore it and move on to something positive. I get in and get out and do what I went in to do, and um, which might be, you know, check on family or friends or load some videos in my group or put some information on my business pages and, you know, check in on, like I said, friends or something. But that'd be about it. You know, you don't have to get involved in all the other ugly parts of it. So, um, you know, and, and I think as, as an adult, easier. If you're a young person, you may need help with that to stay positive and, and all of that. But, but those are all things to think about and um, where you spend your time. You know, if you're needing inspiration, listen to a positive, a positive podcast. L- listen to, read a book. Um, watch some positive videos that, you know, excite you or encourage you. Sometimes you just need balance. You know, sometimes you just need a quiet ride with your horse. Sometimes you just need to veg on, you know, a Netflix show. I mean, everybody just has their own way of unwinding and finding their their balance and their way. Some people are very social. Some people are very independent and, and happy just hanging out with their horses and dogs. Whatever your deal is, it's fine. There's no right or wrong. It's just whatever keeps your happiness and um, keeps your goals. And I hope that in this um, podcast, you've got some things out of it mentally and also for the horse training, some ideas and and such to keep your focus on. And um, I just want to tell everybody, I really appreciate uh, being a part of your journey. And we already have eight personal bests for March and it was just this weekend so I'm super excited about that so keep keep bringing those um personal bests to me let me hear about them and I'm really excited for you when you have one um and uh and also please tell a friend about the group and have them join um I appreciate all of that so I've got my first clinic coming back will be April 23rd in Lady Lake Florida my clinic next after that is going to be in Alabama at the end of May, May 20th and 21st, two-day clinic. So I'll be, uh, let's see, by that clinic, by the May clinic, I'll be three months totally healed. By the second clinic, I'll be eight weeks totally healed. So so I'm very excited to get back to normal. Yay, whatever that is, right? So thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, ride with heart and God bless. <laughs>